we had one of those sessions where we were looking at our goals for our quarterly and our our uh, business goals they said to us these these management they said to us that the reason or ultimately what they want to do is to retire early that's it like that's the big goal so it got us realizing that i don't want the reason for my work or the creative stuff that i'm doing to just fuel someone else's dream of retiring early so there has to be something more than this so after that we just you know flip the table and we just <laughs> we left <laughs> so your flip the table moment i like that yeah i flipped the table and mic drop and we just left this is show your business who's boss listen in on behind the scenes unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them don't just be your own boss. Show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm interviewing badass agency owner Kia Abrera. Kia is the co-founder and CEO of BraveWorks, Inc., a six-figure video strategy and production company that specializes in videos with attitude and creates scroll-stopping content that takes brave expertpreneurs from me to to go to. I met Kia last year when she joined my Badass Business Bootcamp, and then she leveled up into working in my high-level coaching group. So I have had the pleasure of getting to know her and her business intimately. And she is just such a great example of, among many things, how it takes much more than just expertise in your field to build a successful agency. Today, we're going to talk about her journey from burnt out working until four in the morning at her high level agency job to what inspired her to finally call it quits and start her own thing. We'll talk about the challenges of selling premium services to an international market when based in the Philippines and how Kia is overcoming that and how Kia has packaged up her video creation services into intensives, which you know is a feat because video is a very time-intensive project to begin with. And so much more. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Kia. Welcome to the show. Hey. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, Kia. What, what time is it over there? It's <laughs> 9.05 p.m. So I think we're 12 hours ahead. Good morning. Good yes and good and good evening. Kia, you are such a badass and for many reasons. But the reason I asked you what time it is there is because you have been such a trooper being in this program with me and waking up sometimes. <laughs> and I'm not sure what time, but you get on these calls and you do this work at like you sometimes you have to get up because to work with people in the US, you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning or you got to work at midnight and I, it seems like you're used to doing that yeah yeah I, I started doing that when I first worked with international clients and then I did like I, I wake up at two in the morning or three in the morning just to kind of prepare especially if I do like interviews or these strategy calls the lead products that I have with different people outside of my home country so it's definitely an experience and but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying every single part of it. It's such a great demonstration of doing what it takes to build your amazing business. You are one of those people who and not everybody is like this. I give you some ideas and you come back to me a couple days later like I did it. 
it's totally done. What's next? <laughs> like you just jump on it and you go full force. And I, and that's why I bring up the, the weird hours because that is a demonstration of dedication and that, that showing up like that is I think a key ingredient for building a successful business and that's what you've done. So I congratulate you just on having that kind of tenacity. Yes, thank you so much. I resonate a lot with you when you say you're an impatient entrepreneur because when you do something or when you're asked, you're being asked to do something and you really want to get results. So even if, you know, people will say, you know, it's it's going to take time and just be slow and steady and things like that. But I think for the most part, it's just you showing up unapologetically and just doing what it takes to get to where you want to be. So when, how long ago did you start this business and, and how'd you get into it? It was six years ago, close to seven years now, actually. But we started it mainly because we didn't like the way that you know, the advertising industry was treating creatives. Basically, that was because of our our own experience in this advertising agency that we were in. And, you know, we were and burned we? out. My husband and I. Sorry. So, yeah, yes. my husband and I, <laughs> we were in the same advertising agency. And that's where we met. And we kind of resonated with each other when we said that we just didn't want to be like factory workers churning out all of these creative stuff and creative work where everything seems so templated and, you know, people will say, hey, Kia, we need this requirement and we need it yesterday. So, you know, we were burned out and it just seemed like we were no longer serving clients, but instead we were just, we were just living from paycheck to paycheck or as we like to create it, we were creating for paycheck to paycheck. So it just wasn't, it just wasn't working for us. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of, propelled us to just resign and just start our own thing was the fact that we were looking for something more. And I mentioned it to the management of that agency. And we were looking to, to do something more, you know, fulfilling with what we were doing. And during one of our like sessions, I saw that they were, they, they, they put on the board what I said about serving clients. And then they had a parenthesis that said, ha ha. So I said, hmm. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. So when we had like one of these sessions that we call like town halls, we had one of those sessions where we were looking at our goals for our quarterly and our, our uh, business goals. They said to us, these, these management, they said to us that the reason or ultimately what they want to do is to retire early. That's it. Like, that's the big goal. So it got us realizing that maybe the reason, I mean, I don't want the reason for my work or the creative stuff that I'm doing to just fuel someone else's dream of retiring early. So there has to be something more than this. So after that, we just kind of you know, flip the table and we just, <laughs> we left. <laughs> so your flip the table moment. I like that. Yeah. I flipped the table and mic drop and we just left. So, but we were very honest because we were just, we were tired of the industry that, you know, lets us leave at four in the morning and we're expected to be back at nine. So it was just, it wasn't, oh it's not something that's, that's designed for the creative mind. So it's really, it burnt us out. It got me sick and all of that. So 
uh, that was the only reason why we wanted to start our own business outside of that is because we wanted to disrupt or maybe we wanted to change something in that industry. And then everything just evolved over time. I think the reason why a business moves forward is also the progressing of your motivations. So for us, at first, at first, it was just, you know, we just wanted to resign because we were exhausted and we wanted to, you know, be our own bosses. And then out comes your book. <laughs> and then, you know, right around then. Yeah, yeah. Out comes your book. And so that's actually something I want to thank you for because that totally changed the way that we saw, you know, handling our business. So that oh, wow. was I didn't amazing. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Wait, so to um, back up a second, can I ask? Because it's a really ballsy move to flip the yeah. table and go out <laughs> on your own. What, where do you think you got that inspiration? Do you have any entrepreneurs in your family or any friends who are entrepreneurs? Or was this like, I don't know anybody doing this, but I'm going to figure it out or combination? One of the biggest entrepreneurs that I look up to is my grandfather. His name, he's a doctor, actually. So he's one of the most successful orthopedic surgeons in the US, actually. So okay. he, his name is Dr. Ramon Gustilo, and he's, he's a Filipino doctor, and he, he kind of set his mark. And one of, the, one of the things that he taught me was that you can always do something more. That's, what, that's, the, like, that's the biggest thing that he taught me. It was because as a surgeon, he knew that as a Filipino, he had to compete with a lot of you know, other races it wasn't enough that he was going to be equal to them. He has to be better than them. So what he did was he did something more. So it wasn't just him becoming this amazing orthopedic surgeon. He also became an entrepreneur and an inventor. So he has like, I don't know, 20 patents to his name. And oh, wow. he's an inventor. He has like fracture classifications named after him. So <laughs> that's how big he is in the orthopedic um, surgery orthopedics industry so he's an entrepreneur so he has a lot of these ideas on how to make people's lives better in terms of you know orthopedic surgery and what I noticed was that yeah. he was so dedicated and so passionate about his craft and it's not just that he was so passionate about serving people and that was the bottom line so as much as he could serve other people that's what he's going to do both as a, a surgeon in practice and as an entrepreneur and I've looked up to him so much and I said that, you know, that's that's the life that I want to make for myself. And it's not just because, you know, he's like super rich, but <laughs> but it was because of the many people that he was helping. So whenever I go back to my province and he would be there and you would see that people are coming up to him and thanking him for helping them. And I said, you know, that that's a really good life. That's a life well lived. <laughs> so that's kind of the inspiration that I got. And when we jumped, when we made that jump into entrepreneurship, I was like, you know what? This is really good because we can do something more. So it's not just as, you know, sitting on a desk, just turning out all of these things. So yeah, that's, that, that's something that really propelled us forward. And he's one of the people who I really, really looked up to. 
Yeah, that's a huge inspiration. Did you did you ever reach out to him for advice? Yes, I always do. <laughs> we, we looked up to him so much. And every time that we would visit him, because sometimes he would take us for projects. He would hire us for projects. So and and I love it because he was always paying us right and he you know he makes sure that we're well compensated and he just walks his talk and I I I love it because every time that we would do those projects with him of course we had to we had to shoot him and we had to do all of these things and he would always be in the position to give us like entrepreneurship advice so you know the basic things but he would always uh, reinforce the fundamentals so you, you got to know that, you know, you, you have to do something more. That's always the number one thing. You do something more and you focus and, and things like that. So, you know, he, he's been there for us. That's amazing. Yeah. So nice to have somebody like that in your, in your life and in your family too, yeah. to, to look up to and, and to give you that kind of support. And I can totally see that in you now that you're telling this story, <laughs> Kia. I, I would love to, if it's all right with you, you shared something with us recently and I would love to talk about it because I think it's a really important thing for, for everybody to talk about, which is the idea that you are this incredible marketer and video producer and editor and strategist and all of these things and you're in the Philippines Mm -hmm. and you know what is what is that you're looking for clients all over the world yeah and what does that mean what does that mean to other people who find you and the interactions that you had I Mm -hmm. um and then we can chat a little bit more about you know what we've talked about as the strategy (laughs) to deal with it (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of calls that I've been in. And the time that we were talking about it, I was on like three or four calls. And now I had nine. Can you believe it? Nine calls where people are like... You mean since we talked about it? Since we talked about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had a lot of those calls and it's not just calls, actually like emails and, and people that have gone back to me internationally who always say that the reason why they're reaching out to Filipino talent, quote-unquote, is that they wanted labor, one of them said that, labor to be cheaper. So one of them actually wanted to pay like $200 for 30 days of content with videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and and then there was there were a couple of them crazy. who has like one one version or another of of them saying what was that if i was going to pay that amount i would just go with a white person like they would literally oh. say that and i'm and like they said that to you okay on they the said phone. that to me on zoom <laughs> on zoom oh my god <laughs> so i was like the nerve hmm. okay yeah. So I think the last straw, the last or or like the last time that I heard that and like my ears were just boiling. So I but I had to calm down. So it it was a version of them saying, yeah, because we we know that the Philippines, they I know you you guys can charge like five hundred dollars for this something, whatever. And then I just told them because I was I was pissed, but I had to hide it. I just told them, well, I've got Filipino clients who pay four times that. So I had to so tell them F that. you. <laughs> so like, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, and then I just told him that I, I understand if it's not a good fit. There are probably others that you'd be more fit to work with you. And then it's nice talking to you. Bye. 
You're a classy broad kid. <laughs> that's a, that's and and uh, and smart. I mean, that's right. So there's like a few things here. Gosh, the first time you told me that, it was such a a gut punch. And it's not like it's I'm not aware of that. It just I don't know when people have the audacity to say something so blatantly horrible to your face. That's kind of another level of yeah shittiness. But a couple of things. First, there's the there's the part of it that I think is actually universally experienced by people mm-hmm. in the creative world, which is the right. you're talking to someone and they just think something should cost a certain amount of money because right. that's their budget. And that's and, you know, I think all creatives all over the world have had that experience where somebody says, oh, I need a logo. It should cost like a hundred dollars. <laughs> and yeah. it has. Right. And so that has nothing to do with mm-hmm. anything except this person's own you know, uh, not not knowing how much things cost or or just that's their budget. There are people who will do this for $50. There are people that will do... There might be people who will do editing for $200 yeah. somewhere in the world, maybe in the Philippines. So it's not like that part of it is... Um, I think that can be common across. But then there's this other part of it that really sucks for you, <laughs> I think, particularly in the Philippines, particularly because it's a country where there's a lot there's a lot of entrepreneurial literature about outsource to the Philippines because it's cheap. Yes. So people yeah. have gotten that in their head. And so that sucks because now they're bulking you in with that. They can get cheap labor in the Philippines. So they just assume that everybody in the Philippines is cheap, which is right. not the same thing. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, so that's so that's an unfortunate part. And I think then the th- so. So first of all, what do you think of those two things? Like, let's talk about it. Yeah, I think with the first thing that you discussed, I think it's not just, you know, it, it, yeah, you're right. It's not just the Philippine thing. I think it's a creatives thing. It's because, you know, creativity has no, like, tangible, tangible value. I, I don't know if that's the correct term, but it, it has no tangible value. So of the value of a creative output is, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of entrepreneurs is that creativity can be, can solve business problems. And that's always the way that I try to position things when I do, you know, strategy calls or uh, discovery calls. It's not just, you know, people saying, hey, I need a logo or hey, I need a website. But sometimes it's, it's what it means is that, you know, the reason why they need a logo is maybe they're not standing out enough or they don't have an identity that, that stands out. So the way that they try to price or put a value on creativity is just the output itself. So, you know, the Nike check is just the check, you know, or maybe if you're a cafe, like a logo cafe is just the, the drawing of that cup, you know, so they base the value on just like the tangible stuff, what, what they can see, what, what they can perceive and what they don't see is that, you know, this logo is going to be your identity. This is how you're going to be identified by your, your, your clients. This is how, you know, how the client is going to decide if you're a badass or not, you know? So this is something that they can't put a value on. So they Well, and also yeah. because they haven't had that experience yet. I mean, generally people who don't, who have those very low budgets have never had the experience of a logo having a greater value in a business because they're not that far along. So, yes. you know, I mean, I'm always trying to like understand, I wrote an article years ago about, you know, 
it's fine that there are people selling cheap logos. There are people buying cheap logos. Like <laughs> there are people who are very new to making logos and they need to do the cheap logos for practice. And, you know, so yeah. And it, and it, you know what? Somebody who's buying a cheap logo who's never had a business before, that logo isn't necessarily worth that much to them because if they don't know what to do with it to make it, to turn it into a thriving business, then it might never go anywhere. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I, I do remember that article actually that you wrote and you said that, uh, I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think yeah. I kind of perceived it in the lines of, you know what? If these clients need cheap logos, then give them to the people who can do the cheap logos. Yes. So that then filters the people who come to you because then the clients who need the cheap logos, they're not going to go to you. So it's kind of like a filter for the clients who can afford you. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think I probably I think I ended the article with saying they're just not your clients. So yes. rather than look at somebody who wants two hundred dollars worth of I mean, co content for 30 days for two hundred dollars and be like, you idiot. <laughs> like, how could you think? It's like, I'm sure somebody will do that for you. Like, you're so not my client because what we do here is something that's completely different from that, which we're going to talk about in a second. But yeah, right. Like they're the racism is a different part of it, but just yes. the sheer like not unmeeting of the minds at, at the price point just shows that they're just not your clients. That's all. Yeah. That's all it shows. Right. Yes. It doesn't yes. show that they're bad people necessarily. Mm -hmm. Again, apart from the um, abhorrent racism, they're not. It's, they're not that they're bad people. It's that they're just, you know, new, really uneducated about it. They don't know the impact of it yet to their business. Right. And that's something when we were starting out, we were because when Mel and I started Braveworks, we were like an all in one boutique agency and we were doing business cards and tarpaulins and, you know, graphic sure. design and e-posters and stuff like that. So we were, you know, too many. We, we were doing too many stuff. And yes. yeah, we, we got exposed to, you know, the clients who need like to $100 logos or <laughs> like a branding for I'm, I'm converting it in my head. It's yeah. like less than $500 for an entire branding package. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's totally. because been there. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's what you do. That's what yeah. you do in the beginning. It's, it's yeah. stepping stones. It's experience. And I, I, I love I think I heard this from you that like the more that the reason why you're raising your prices is because you're also raising your value. So when you're raising your value, you're, you know, you're adding more experience, you're adding more knowledge, you're adding more wisdom, you're adding more skills. So the more that you're upskilling yourself and the more that you're learning all of these things through experience and the more you can raise your price to to be equal to the value that you're giving. So that's and I, yeah. your process. Yes, your process. exactly. Exactly. Because you're like I want to I want you to share some of your amazing packages in a minute but the way that you have de developed your process and how you packaged your services and how you deliver them you know you came from the agency world where you were doing really high level creative work it's not necessary when you're starting when you leave that job and you start on your own it's not like the work isn't valuable in and of itself, but you still have to put the pieces of the business together. And part of that is the pricing and the process and the packaging and the messaging and the positioning. And we also like, whatever you got, we can design anything. Like we can do a banner, sure. We can do a business card, sure. That actually makes the business not as valuable at that moment. Just because the, the 
actual output of the creative is very good doesn't mean it's valuable if you don't yes. have the business around it to support it. It's yeah. a hard concept to grasp. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very true. So so you know as we traverse this this complicated road of entrepreneurship and the more that we learned about you know business ourselves so i think that's one of the perks of us being a small agency it's mm -hmm. because we own the agency so we know the business side of things so when we're talking to clients we also know the business side of things so we know mm -hmm. when you know when we're we're doing content marketing or when we're doing videos we know if a certain video is going to function as, uh, you know, a sales tool for a business. So we know if, you know, this is something that's going to that's going to appeal to your target market. So it's now different. We're positioned differently than, say, when they compare us to wedding videographers or freelance photographers who can do video. So suddenly well, you're the not strategy. Yes, exactly. It's the strategy. It's piece. the strategy. Yeah, you're a high level strategist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something that we explain to clients every time that they because before I didn't have an answer to what's the difference between hiring you and hiring this freelancer. I didn't have an answer to that before. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as we kind of you know, progress through this road, we already formulate the answers for that. And the reason is that because we know business <laughs> and we know how these things can function for your business. And we know that the more that you're delaying your decisions when it comes to your videos, the, de the more that you're delaying the results of this video. So mm. that's something that we are now, you know, talking to clients about. And I love the way that you positioned it before in one of our sessions that you said, you know, you, we close 100% of our ideal clients. <laughs> so I love that. I'm, I'm going to put that in a mug and drink coffee out of that every <laughs> five in the morning. <laughs> It's it's true because an ideal client is one that wants to hire you. Yeah, <laughs> also. yeah, absolutely. Right? No brainer. If Love they get, it. Yeah, if they get scared off by your process or your price or they don't want all of that, they just want the video. Like they're not your ideal client. <laughs> absolutely. Which is what yeah. this which is what this do two hundred dollar dude wanted. Okay, so so the third piece, just to uh, put a pin in this, is. You know, I don't know if this is the right thing or not, but this was my recommendation to you and you're doing it and I, and I stand by it 100%. Basically, I think that because the Philippines in particular has been, it's, it's really been branded in the entrepreneurial world as, an, as a low cost outsourcing resource, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like the brand of the Philippines, yes. <laughs> really, to yeah. entrepreneurs. So it doesn't, that does not work for your business because your business is not that at all. Your business mm -hmm. is very much strategic, very high quality, high level, like all, all all of the things that are not that brand. So it's not that it's it's like unfortunate that the brand of the country that you live in does is not conducive to selling that kind of services. So basically what I suggested was you don't need to be in the Philippines. You can be location agnostic. Yeah. Right. Like most a lot of businesses, especially in the agency world, they 
they don't talk about where they are because it doesn't matter where they are, right? They yeah. could be in some podunk town somewhere and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, everything yeah. is virtual. Anyway, so I kind of said, well, why do you have to be in the Philippines? Can't you just not be in the, can't you just not be anywhere? And yeah. so that's what you've been doing. And I, you know, I think a lot of the people you're talking to are still coming, correct me if I'm wrong, they're still coming from places like they knew you before. Yeah, yeah. These were old inquiries. So they were, they inquired to us via LinkedIn like years ago. And then I just started reaching out to them because we have this new business model. And yeah. uh, so that's what, right. that's what happened. So right. they, I, I think they really came from that place where, you know, the Philippines is a place where I outsource cheap labor. And, yeah. you know, we, we kind of, we, we saw the need for us to, continuously build our authority so that we're not being seen as you know people to outsource cheap labor to but someone who can actually you know we provide value just as you know a lot of filipinos can do as well you know they can provide yeah. like immense value so you know I, I don't want like the philippines to be known for you know cheap labor I want the Philippines to be known for people who can provide a lot of value to businesses everywhere. Because that's just how we are. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is if companies like yours build up your brands. Yeah. But you're not, you don't necessarily like, to me, it's, I'm not a good example because we do kind of use the Brooklyn thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if we, but if we weren't using that, it would be, you know, it's like, this is just our brand. Our brand is smart, strategic video, stop the scroll, all of that. Mm -hmm. And and we we happen to be in the Philippines. And the more companies that are like that, I feel like there will be that yeah that shift. But it it's going to require I don't know a mass a, a movement of of companies like that. Or yeah. maybe there are. I mean, I now that I'm saying that, there's of course plenty of companies like that in the Philippines and they're probably not branding themselves as the Philippines for this exact reason. Yes, yes. Actually that's 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 very true. There's a lot of Filipino companies and well some of them have, you know, dot PH but uh -huh. I think it's because they've established themselves first mm -hmm. before they they went ahead and, you know, put the Philippines part back into their name. But for us, it's not a matter of, you know, us not being nationalistic. In fact, we love our country, but it's just a matter really of, you know, serving where you are. So that's that's really it for us, you know, yeah. and, and, if, and if we have that barrier, that kind of barrier to entry, then we need to do whatever it takes to just kind of get our foot through the door. And then when they see us on video and then they see that we're Asian and they see that, you know, we're they, they ask us where we're from, then we say we're from the Philippines. And then that kind of mentality sinks in, then I know that it's not my client. So mm -hmm. I, I think I I did also kind of do an extra step where I, I do like a, a lead intake form and then I tell them my price right away just so they know that okay this is what it's going to cost you this is a discovery call but this is what it's going to cost you if you really want to work with me so if you don't want to pay this price then let's not get on this call waste our time yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah the, and that's a beautiful thing about putting your prices up or putting them front and center is you filter yeah. people out and don't yeah. waste your time okay tell us 
tell us about your packages. Well, our lead product, cool. of course. So we start with, the, with what we call a brave start. That's a 90 minute, like one-on-one intensive deep dive. But it's more of us just really probing and probing and getting to know you because we, we serve a lot of expertpreneurs. So we call them expertpreneurs because these are people who might sell, you know, products, they might sell services, but they leverage expertise. So they kind of, they sell things, but they use their expertise to sell them. So what we do for them is actually all of these packages, which are, you know, 30 days or 90 days worth of content, but it's all strategic and it's all designed to, again, make them scroll stopping. Mm-hmm. Taking their ideal audience from passive scrollers to active raving clients and buyers. So the brave start, we always start with that. And that interview is going to allow us to know the factors that make a person scroll stopping. What are you know the content pieces or what are the biggest content foundations that they have authentically that they can deliver by themselves on screen because we always say that you know you are your your best spokesperson so we we do that deep dive and we do that interview and then we give them you know this this entire strategy where we give them an idea of what their unique thought processes are and then what are the authentic content pillars that they can have they can bounce off from and then we also give them an idea of what the three levels of audiences they have. So every time we do a strategy like that, we always give the three levels of audiences, the people who don't know you yet, the people who are already in your immediate circle, meaning they're subscribed to you or, or they're, just, they're, they're following you on Instagram, and then the people who are ready to buy from you because they already trust you. They know you, they like you, they trust you. So we get them through that entire journey, and that's what we we f- we kind of fill out in this entire in in this entire interview. So, yeah. So one of the things I've, I because I've seen your write ups and they're amazing, and one of the things that really stood out to me is this idea of people are in these three buckets. Yeah. And they each need different content. Yes. To move them to the next to the next stage. And yeah. So what you do is a, a lot of what you do is strata clarify for the person you need to create this content for the cold traffic this content for the warm and this content for the hot traffic in order to move them through your funnel i just thought that was you know when i say it like kind of feels like duh but it's nobody's doing that (laughs) like no i don't think anybody's thinking about their content in that way yeah yeah it's because you know the content the content marketing world it's kind of a it's, it's a little tricky, especially in uh, the digital space. I, I remember there was this quote, I, re- I, I, I can't remember who said it, but he said, it's not about digital marketing, it's about marketing that works in the digital world. So I love how he positioned that because now that we've, you know, we've established these three categories of audiences, what I always ask my clients is that, You don't, I mean, how do you feel if someone that you don't know or a company that you don't know will reach out to you in the DMs selling you something? I mean, most of the time that's just straight up annoying and irritating. Mm -hmm. So the reason why you don't, you don't produce like 
selling content to a cold audience is that they they hate the idea of being told what to do. I mean, consumers these days, that's just, I mean, that's just the way things work these days. So now it's just taking them through this relationship and nurturing that relationship through your content before you can actually, you know, put out something that they're going to buy. So I believe in bringing the power back to your audience and letting them decide for themselves if they want to work with you. So I think that's like the entire beauty of, of content marketing. It's because you have content that works for a cold audience. You're defining or you're helping them define what their pain points are. And if they say, yeah, yeah, I resonate with that, that I have a problem with that. I think I need help with that. So when they say that they need help with that and then they resonate with what you're saying, then suddenly they're following you. When they're following you and you're putting out these nurturing content consistently, then you know they're getting engaged and they're maybe they're liking or or commenting on your posts is because they're suddenly like they're becoming they're on their way to becoming fans of you and then suddenly when they're were nurtured enough then they're taken to this stage where okay i want more i want to work with you I, I resonate with everything that you say and everything that you do and your, you know, I, I, I always talk about the UTP or the unique thought process. I resonate a lot with your unique thought process. I want to work with you. So that's kind of the journey. It's now, you know, you're not kind of molding an ideal client. You're taking a cold audience. You're talking to these cold audiences and then they're deciding for themselves if they want to be your ideal client and when they have that power back i think that's more organic and it's more it's a stronger foundation for you as the business owner to have you know all of these nurturing pieces in place so then you're just continually giving them value just value after value and then that's converting them from one phase to another it's just more natural that way and then you're you're serving them you're just serving them continuously. And and so, you know, you've got these three levels of video and you have this strategic way of approaching it where you you have a purpose for every video that you Yeah. that you suggest that they create and then mm -hmm. after you've given them that suggestion in your lead product, it's then their option to go make those or to hire you and you actually do yeah. 30, 60 and 90 days worth of content, but you do it in a tight amount of time. You do it in yes. like a like few weeks. 3 weeks. Three yes. Weeks. Yes. Hey, for the 30 day content, that. actually, yeah. for the 30 day piece, it's only two weeks, two weeks for the 30 day piece. And then it's actually 30, 90 and 90. So okay. our our main product, our bullseye product, mm -hmm. it's actually a 90 day. The reason why we, we made it 90 days is because usually 90 days is where you it's it's where you really get to calculate the results because you're analyzing them month by month and then you're 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 getting to see what works and what doesn't work and then we just have another 90 day product where just everything is just amplified like all the bells and whistles and all the extra so that's gotcha. the that's the the highest like that's the premium priced one gotcha but you do it in 30 and you do it in three weeks three weeks and yeah. you're able to do and and of course these videos are all the person that has hired you, yeah. right? The the expertpreneur yeah. is yeah. featured in the videos. So it's 
it's half it's half you actually like editing these videos and creating this content but the other half is coaching this person because this person still has to show up and be yeah. on the camera is that right how do you do that we we also we actually have this like content interview where we give them like where we spend like maybe 60 to 90 minutes just interviewing this person and then giving them prompts because what we found was that people who are intimidated by video when you talk to them on video suddenly they're like passionate about what they're saying and all of the golden content pieces just comes out and uh, this is our philosophy it's you know it's be your own spokesperson because you know, if you're a small business, you're an expertpreneur, the people will resonate best with you if you're the person who talks. So, and the res, and, and we believe in, you know, nurturing this relationship with your audience. That's why it's really important that you show up on camera. So we have this content interview where we record everything and then we take pieces of those and then we design them into these 90 day or 30 day content pieces. So, you know, whether it's you just talking about your product and why this product came to existence or why did you you uh, decide to distribute this product or, you know, what is it about this product? Or, you know, you're in, in, in a certain type of service where, you know, maybe you're selling social media marketing and why, why are you doing this? So suddenly it's, it's becoming clearer to the audience why you know, this business came to be. And I think that's really powerful. So we do that Zoom call and then we we get all of those content pieces out of there because I think it's just golden when everything comes from the founder. And then since, you know, we we have like backgrounds in in 3D and in animation and in motion graphics and all of that. So we have the opportunity to really spice up those videos. So it's not just, you know, talking heads like this and, and, and things. So right. we, we, we really spice it up to make it really enticing for the audiences to watch. Love it. Yep. I love it. And, and also it's kind of blowing my mind right now that one 90 minute conversation could be cut up into three months worth of content. Yes, it's the power of repurposing. <laughs> yeah, the power of repurposing. But yeah, there was actually an instance where we shot like just one location, but we were able to give them a year's worth. So that was just one shoot and we gave them a year's worth of content just from that one shoot. So wow. it's really a matter of of knowing how to repurpose things and to make it, you know, because one content piece you can actually repurpose into content for a cold audience you can repurpose mm -hmm. that into content for a nurturing audience and then uh you can purpose that into content for a profitable audience so the audience who's ready to buy so that's how we kind of strategize the content pieces that we do wow so you can take this and the way that you edit it and the what the calls to action at the end or, yes. or what determine what kind of content it is and for who? Yeah, yeah. So before we do a content interview, we actually do like a 30 minute goal setting interview. So what's the goal for the next 90 days? If they take a 90 day package, what's the goal? Is Are, are they going to be launching a product or are they going to be talking mainly to, you know, a, a nurturing audience or if it if they want to grow their audience following, then we're going to concentrate a lot more on the attraction content. So that's the way that we strategize things. So 
you know, if, if they say that they want audience growth, then we concentrate 80% of our efforts into attraction content and then 20% into the other content pieces like the, the selling content and the nurturing content. So it always depends on what the brave start is going to tell us. And then after that brave start, we, we jump if they decide to do to let us do like the entire thing, the entire package, then we jump on this 30 minute goal setting call first. So we kind of deep dive and assess everything that they want done or the results that they want to have. And then we, we structure the questionnaire based on that. So these questionnaires are going to prompt them to say something about them reaching that goal. Very so smart. all of yep. those content pieces, they fall into place and then we design everything around that. And then after mm -hmm. that, so, you know, it, it came out in our market research. It's like, okay, Kia, after 30 days, what's going to happen? Do I need to maybe contact you again for another launch and stuff like that? So we actually give them what we call the authority building toolkit. So in that toolkit, we give them like custom branded Canva templates that you know, for them to, you know, if they want to continue doing things on their own, they can just, you know, drag and drop. And that's already like custom branded, something that we made just specifically for them based on what we gathered. And then we on a video? Also, uh, no, no, no. It's uh, Canva templates. It's a, so it's, they're, they're static. They're static, but actually in Canva, as long as you put a placeholder there, you can actually put a video. So you can shoot something and then just drag it to that template. So they can That's what do I was that. Wondering. Yeah. Cool. So they can do that. And then we we also give them like a content planner. So, you know, in the next uh, it can have prompts that's specific to them. So then, you know, they they kind of have this guidance on how to move forward and then they can come to us again if they are looking to maybe let us do another campaign that they want to launch maybe but in terms of just growing their authority and growing their audience it it's now set or they're they're designed to let them move forward mm. with all of these pieces in place i love that because it's such a big problem for most expertpreneurs are mostly solopreneurs like I want to do video, right? I don't even know where to begin. It seems like a lot of work. I don't know. I you know don't know anything about editing, and you solve this problem yeah. with this intensive. I also love that it's a it's a three week intensive. Of course, it's video. I can't even believe you can do it in three weeks, but <laughs> it's it's still considered an intensive, guys. Like if you're listening, you know I teach the one to to two day intensive, but when I teach these uh, practices, it doesn't mean that yours has to be one or two days. And Kia's is a perfect example of this is still an intensive project because it, it allows it to be super profitable for you guys because it keeps it really tight, the process tight. Yes. But it still gives the value that the clients need, which is content for more than three weeks. I, I love the way that you kind of designed or the program to really to really fixate on this the tightness of the process it's because the reason why some people at least those who are outsourcing creative work it feels like the more time it takes the more expensive it is which is not the case because then you're not incentivizing people for their efficiency so the reason why we wanted to make it you know three weeks or just really less than a month is because you want to use these stuff right away because when you're delaying stuff from coming out, you're also delaying the results of it. 
So that's something, I mean, you're, you're practically losing money by being indecisive about something. You're, you're leaving money on the table by, you know, not being able to decide right away why you want this color or that color. So it's, you know, it's sometimes it's the little things. So these are things that we want to eliminate. That's why the tightening of the process is really, really important. And that's something that I learned from you. So thank you for that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. You took it and you ran with it. And that's what <laughs> I, I love about watching your business just flourishing and being able to do this and really coming from a like like we started in the very beginning coming from a place of serving your clients best like i feel like you really designed this to solve the problem they have and that is the best way that's also i think that's the most effective and efficient way to design whatever your services are is to come from a place of well what do they really need and what's the best way to do it and just do that instead of asking them what they want yeah yeah so you know i can't do like i cannot do another custom proposal in my life again after <laughs> after going through this process with you pia so i'm like you know what i'm gonna run with this because the important thing is that we give we get them results it doesn't matter you know what the scope is as long as we get these results this is the price yes and also it makes it really easy to talk to people yeah right because you yeah. can just lay it all out for them and you can have that conversation, that filter conversation where you tell them the prices before you've spoken to them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're talking to them. I mean, because that's usually the price is like the elephant in the room. So, you know, totally. there's no tension going on. So when you're, it's just free flowing, you know, you get into these discovery calls and you're getting into these strategy calls and then you know there's no awkward feeling of like okay so then what's the price of this <laughs> yeah so nobody likes that moment yeah I, I feel squeamish talking about pricing before but now you know it's all in my it's all in our website and it's in the intake form so everything that you know everything is transparent and it's easy for you to decide if this is something that you're ready to invest in i love it and so what's the the long-term i mean the long-term plan with this because it's these three weeks are intensive right yeah. i mean it's a lot of work it in is. those three weeks but but then you kind of can stack them can you do two at a time uh, yes right. yes you can we can we can do two at a time the optimal that's the optimal one but we can stretch it up to three but we just like to keep it at two just so we have yeah. enough buffers so yeah, long term, that's the that that's the idea for now. And maybe as we expand our pool, then we can take in more. But at the moment, we really want to start with just two at a time. Right. And I'm hoping you'll do two at a time and then take a week off and then do two at a time. Yeah. Or yeah. schedule yourself like that a little bit. That's the plan to really, you know, work half the time. And I, I love that you always say this, that, you know, you're the, you're, you are your most important client. So if we're doing like client work 50% of the time, and then, you know, we decrease that to maybe 40% of the time. And then most of the time we're doing content for us. So I, I know you guys know me as like 
someone who just cannot turn her content creation brain off <laughs> because <Nope>. I just <laughs> I just cannot. I mean, we we think about I think we kind of live and breathe content. <laughs> like when you know when you're you, in the perfect business, Kia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love it. And you know, every time that I, I I read a book or I watch a YouTube video or I kind of think of something when I'm washing the dishes, I'm like, hey, that's great content. I should write that down. <laughs> That's so that it's just like living and breathing what we're doing right now. And that I, I, I love that part of it. And I think that's that's kind of the price of us, you know, leaving something that was giving us burnout into being in this space where we can create freely without pressure and just, you know, continuously give value and doing something more. So that's powerful. That's powerful for us. That's awesome. Yeah. And you have a, a daughter who just turned one. One? Yeah. She just turned one. Oh my yes. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Thank you. So you're building this business with this, this little baby. It's this, tough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. But you know, she's a little creative herself. She's now like, she's in that stage where she's writing on the walls. So I mean, you know, you just let her be, love it. just let her create stuff. I love it. Well, Kia, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom and sharing a bit of your journey. I mean, you've really come so far from that burned out table flipping ch- <laughs> chick six years ago. And I'm just so proud of everything that you've done. And everybody should go follow you and check out your content. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. I just really wanted to, you know, take this opportunity to thank you as well, Pia, because you were referred, I mean, your book, Bad As Your Brand, were, was referred to us by one of our friends who's now living in Boston. He he said, he told us that, hey, you know what? I am so reminded of you and Mel, but I was reading this book. You have to read it. And I read it in one day and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the life story of our business. <laughs> and I said like, every when you were talking about, you know, the formula, the price and freedom formula, I'm like, ah, hey, <laughs> And then, you know, we, we slowly, and it, it wasn't just, you know, the, the business model part of it, but it was really the fact that, you know, in order for you to be a badass, you know, entrepreneur, you gotta, you gotta show your business who's boss, you know? So you, you really, I mean, it's possible for you to design your business in a way that serves people, but at the same time, it doesn't leave you out of the, out of the equation. So I think that's really important that you're always reinforcing that. And we we really, like my husband is here right now it, beside me, and we really want to thank you for all wow. of the wisdom that you've shared throughout the years. And, you know, we've been following your articles and we've been reading every single one. And it's just, you know, it's a game changer for small businesses like ours. So, wow. you know, reaching to you across the globe. Wow. I'm so happy that you're my coach. I'm thankful. I'm so touched. I'm sending you a big hug and I'm I'm over the moon to hear that and to know that I've been able to help you guys so much. And if how you guys have been flourishing is any, any indication, you are definitely like taking these ideas and running with them. And that is all you. So congratulations. I will talk to you soon, Kia. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Pia. Thank you so much. To get more info about creating strategic video content, go download Kia's The Brave Founders Jumpstart Kit at kia-abrera.com backslash jumpstart-kit-ebook. I will put that link in the show notes at piasilva.com backslash podcast.
Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode yourself. Reminder, I am starting a new series where I'm going to be answering questions directly from the listeners. So all you have to do is go leave a review on Apple Podcasts and add your question to the review. And if I pick it and I answer it on the pod, I will invite you to schedule a free 15 minute chat with me where I can help you unstick your brand and your business. So I really look forward to hearing from you and helping you show your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafeld. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. Mm-hmm.